This is a special music and climate change episode of Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. Today we'll hear how Wiseblood's song Wild Time was inspired by climate change. I think it's important to remember the wildness of these catastrophes. And a 19-year-old Native American climate activist and hip-hop artist will talk about using music to spread a message of change. For our generation, we are the first to experience and feel the impacts of the crisis the way the way we are. And we are the last generation that is going to be able to do something to significantly change the course of where we're headed. But first, I'm joined by KEXP's John Richards because all of this was inspired by KEXP's Clash for Climate Day. It happened last Friday as part of International Clash Day, a holiday John basically invented. So John, for those that might not be familiar, what was Clash for Climate about? So it's taking the Clash's message of change, revolution, and telling us that the future is unwritten and applying that to climate change. So here at KXP, we cover a lot of issues. We take days out of our programming schedule to focus in, like coming up next week, we have Music Heals Beyond Cancer. And we've talked about mental health, and we've talked about depression and addiction and grief. But we've always had trouble wrapping our heads around how to talk about probably the biggest issue of our generation and future generations, that's climate change. So why not take the message of the clash? What would the clash right now think of climate change and the climate crisis? And so... We decided to do that and call it Clash for Climate. And so that meant playing not just Clash songs that kind of talked about revolution and in some actually talked about the changing planet, but it's also hearing the voices of artists centered on the climate crisis. There's a lot of music being made now, and people don't realize how many songs in our past as well have talked about climate I mean, we went back as far as Marvin Gaye doing Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology, which came out, you know, 40, 50 years ago. You go to a a drama-rama song that talks about, you know, Earth Day and what are we going to do about it? And we've done nothing. Um, Radiohead's Idiotech, which I didn't realize, and Fall on Me from R.E.M. are huge uh, environmental songs that, that even I didn't realize till I looked into the different songs and lyrics and, and, and how people reference those as places you go to hear songs about climate change. So we took the entire day. We had uh, government leaders, musicians, and others, a lot of children as well, um, talk about climate change and the climate crisis. As you said before, the clash stood for a lot of different things. Why did we focus to, like, in the past it's just been International Clash Day. We're celebrating the clash. And now we're saying we're celebrating the, the clash. But we're also focusing on climate change. Well, it started, it was just a celebration of the band. And then it became a celebration, a little bit more of their message. And then it became, okay, well, let's parcel out these different messages. Like immigrant rights was is huge in Joe Strummer and the clash's message. So, and that came calling recently, um, always been an issue, but now more than ever. So we took time to talk about immigration rights, um, government clampdowns, things like that. Like that's been a, a thing we're doing dealing with as well. So th- so it made sense in this progression to really focus on those messages. Last year was a bit of break from that because we just sent, we just went to London. Yeah. And <laughs> just <laughs> London calling turned 40 and we went to London and it was a celebration of that city and about how they form there. And then there's songs, you know, that that is a nice segue into one of the songs I think is really important, and that's London Calling. If you listen to the lyrics of London Calling, that to me is maybe one of the most that, that kind of focuses in on 
environment. They, you know, the lines, the age, ice age is coming. The sun is zooming in. Meltdown expected. The weed is growing thin. Engines stop running, but I have no fear because London is drowning and I live by the river. I mean, and that's written in 1979. Um, and again, it strikes me how many songs written then apply to our situation now. The ice age is coming. The sun's zooming in. Let's talk about a few more songs that that kind of represent the clash and the, this idea that they really, you know, bring about messages within their music. What's another song we can share? Well, No, Your Rights for me has been a battle cry since I was a kid when I listened to that song. I mean, that's probably the first time Clash lyrics meant something to me because he comes out. This is a public service announcement with guitar. And we're hoping to enjoy ourselves by making this public service announcement with guitar. You know, that's how the song starts. And you're just like, oh, my God. You're like, this, okay, this isn't just Rock the Casbah. You know what I mean? Because when I was a little kid, that's the first clash I really knew of. And then I got this record, and that's what I heard. You know, it says, know your rights, all three of them. And it's like, number one, you have, a, you have the right not to be killed. Number two, you have the right to food money. Uh, number three, you have the right to free speech. These things are not given to you, really, as your rights. And the Clash are declaring that you deserve your rights. And the world, you have the rights not to be killed. is a So what's the last song that you want to share about The Clash? Well, they're about revolution. They're about revolution for the right reasons. Joe Strummer has been quoted many times as like wanting to create chaos in areas that 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 need your attention, that the, the world needs the attention. And sometimes chaos and revolution are the only ways to achieve that. I think people are feeling that right now in America. I think many people, especially a younger generation, are feeling that when it comes to this crisis because our leaders simply aren't doing enough or anything. And so for me, revolution rock is as revolution as you get with The Clash. songs by The Clash representing how many issues they stood for. Again, KEXP recently focused in on issues of climate as part of our Clash for Climate Day we celebrated on Friday. You can tune in and hear what that day sounded like at our archive at kexp.org. Click on Friday, February 7th, anytime between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Again, you can find that on the archive section at kexp.org. Now let's hear from some other artists who have written about climate change in their music. Wise Blood is one of them. Her most recent album, called Titanic Rising, was inspired by climate change. If you think you can save me, the album cover for Titanic Rising features Wise Blood in what looks like a teenage bedroom except that bedroom is completely underwater. 
Wiseblood says that represents... The idea of these rising sea levels and how many things are going to be underwater and what that would really look like. KEXP's Erin Wright spoke with Wiseblood. She first asked when global warming and climate action became important in Wiseblood's life. I think probably around like 2007 uh, was a very weird, warm winter. I think Inconvenient Truth had just come out and it was kind of just, well, I kind of knew something was up in the early aughts, like 2000, 2001. Everybody was driving SUVs. The winters were warm. Snow became a little bit more uh, soupier in Pennsylvania. You could just tell that something, we were on the verge of something really weird and nobody wanted to talk about it. And I could kind of feel like my worst fears were going to come true. And I never could have imagined how bad they would get. Um, So it's kind of always been in the back of my mind. But I realized that using music, you know, which is a universal form of communication, it's really important to to talk about everything that could be affecting people on a macro level, you know? Absolutely. Um, I'd love to talk about how that shows up in this record. Can you tell me the story behind the song Wild Time, particularly that line in the chorus, Don't Cry, It's a Wild Time to Be Alive? Don't cry, it's a wild time to be alive. Well, yeah, I just think that it's easy to become extremely scared and fearful and overwhelmed And I think it's important to remember that we do live in a time of extreme comfort. In a lot of ways, this modern culture, as much as it is scary and existential, and we're facing this kind of weird existential crisis with technology and um, with, you know, feeling like feeling like humanity and people and our votes and our desires are becoming obsolete. And I think that, uh, it's important to remember that humanity has gone through the dark ages and, you know, famines and floods. And it's kind of like, we've been there. I wouldn't want to live through the plague, um, especially kind of in that darkness, you know, of, of, you know, not having real science, everything was very diabolical. And I can imagine that it was just as dark and terrifying as the climate crisis. And in some ways, I think it's important to remember how lucky we are, you know, being alive in this time, being able to have the science to kind of understand what's going on, even though it still feels kind of helpless, you know, making people want to change. But in a lot of ways, the modernity sprawl, industrializations, cities, you know, just the mass of humanity that we've been able to sustain through modern technology is technically wild. And in a lot of ways, a city is like a a weird kind of viral reflection of nature. And so, yeah, I think it's important to remember the wildness of these catastrophes and and, and to not separate it from nature itself. I also sense a lot of 
hope in those lyrics. I was wondering, why do you think it's important to stay hopeful in the face of these catastrophic issues such as global warming? Well, I think it's important. The elasticity of humanity is is, is our strong point. And being able to, to keep your head above water is going to help you be a better activist and, and really institute change and get out and actually work as opposed to become dejected, give up and just stream TV shows endlessly and order Uber Eats or whatever. You know, like most people are struggling and I don't think it's any coincidence that Gen Z is kind of doing the most because they still have their youth. They haven't been completely disenchanted by being, you know, thrusted into the modern economy where, yeah, humans are being rendered obsolete in a lot of ways. And we're kind of being drowned by our own convenience technologies, cell phones, email, all these things are no longer serving a greater purpose for humanity. Instead, they're distracting them and making them very burnt out. So to me, it's no surprise that it's young teenagers who have the energy and the hope and the desire to institute change. And I think that's part of the reasons, you know, why millennials didn't do that, because we kind of thought we were going to have it like the boomers had it. And instead, we we got something very different. And I find that most millennials I know are on like an endless treadmill trying to make ends meet. You talked about kind of that instigating change. Did you have a goal or a way that you hoped listeners would respond when you decided to address the environment and the state of the world on Titanic Rising? Well, yeah, at the time, I just wanted to raise awareness. But I think luckily 2019 was the ultimate awareness year and we don't need to raise awareness anymore. So then if we don't need to raise awareness, what is the action Or what do you think is the job of musicians then in relation to climate justice beyond just raising awareness? Activism. Real stuff. Real stuff. And I've gotten really involved in the Bernie campaign. Like I'm I'm focusing on voting right now in America to try to shift the political landscape to people that have even proposed a Green New Deal. But Patagonia, which is a wonderful brand who's done so much for environmentalism, has a great website tool where you can literally enter in your zip code and you can find, if you just want to sign petitions, you could just spend six hours signing petitions. If you want to donate money, you can do that. And it also gives you an option to volunteer and volunteering locally, I think will be a huge, you know, like just literally actively participating in in the change is also a great alleviator of depression and fear And that's kind of how I felt when I started going to the Bernie rallies. I I felt this, my spirit kind of lifted. I was like, all right, we're together. We're doing it. We're not on the internet complaining and we're not watching TV and crying, you know, like you just got to do stuff. And and it is sad. Like, I do think I will continue to create my art, but I'm not going to fool myself by thinking that it's going to change anything. It functions within an echo chamber. I have plenty of conservative fans who love my music, but, don't care about my politics. You know, the point is to, to actually do political work from now on. And, and I hope other artists feel that way. And of course, there's going to be people that are a lot bigger than me that don't function within an echo chamber who could still use their art as a means of activism. But I, I do believe that it, it's about real stuff now. <laughs> do you think that political action and that work that you are doing will influence and come up in your art in the future? Always. Yeah. 
but I, I will always write from personal experience and my personal experience with the climate crisis um, is why I made Titanic rising. And I might have a different personal experience next time. I'm never going to just strictly make political music because life is more than just politics. So my music is essentially about life. So I can't guarantee that it'll, all my records are going to be about climate change, but I can guarantee that they will be about my human experience. And that does include, you know, the apocalypse. <laughs> that was Wise Blood speaking with KEXP's Erin Wright about how her latest album, Titanic Rising, touched on issues of climate change. Here's her song on the subject. It's called Wild Time. Look around, there's nothing left to keep. By the bottles that broke you from the solace you seek. special clash for climate episode of Sound and Vision. Now we hear from a 19-year-old Native American climate activist and musician. He's been involved in the climate movement since he was six years old. He's also a hip-hop artist whose music addresses many issues, including climate change. KEXP's Dusty Henry has this profile. While the walls fall and the world burn, seas rise and the clock turn, and the earth fighting back with hurricanes and the earthquakes and the pouring rain. This is for every life lost, for the legacy of standing rock, for the sacred land that we desecrate. The trauma my people so carry today for the suicide of our... Shatescott Martinez has written a book about climate change activism, spoken at the United Nations several times, and it was awarded the U.S. Volunteer Service Award by President Obama in 2013. He's currently one of 21 plaintiffs in a case against the U.S. government for neglecting to take action against climate change. We are demanding that the U.S. government be held accountable for the active contribution to the climate crisis, for knowingly endangering our future for the last several decades, um, and to implement immediately a climate recovery plan. It has been stated that our generation, that young people have an inalienable constitutional right to a stable climate. So for me... I guess moving into 2020, looking at where this case stands, we are currently kind of in limbo, waiting for a ruling from, uh, I believe, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to determine whether or not we are going to be able to move forward. Martinez says there's a sense of urgency for his generation when it comes to climate change. Because for our generation, we are the first to experience and feel the impacts of the crisis the way, the way we are. 
and we are the last generation that is going to be able to do something to, to significantly change the course of where we're headed. Martinez says he's seen the effects of climate change where he lives in Colorado. In 2012, I began to experience the impacts of the climate crisis in my community uh, at a scale where many of my close friends that lived up in the mountains, we were losing their homes to wildfires. Our basement was flooded. You know, we had resources to deal with these things uh, in the community that I live in. I, I, I grew up, you know, in a, in a low-income community in a very rich city, um, in a very wealthy city. Um, but overall, in the United States, like the way that we're hit by climate disasters is so different than many nations all over the world and the way that many black, brown and indigenous communities are experiencing climate impacts all over the world. So the, for, for me, the conversation has shifted from like, OK, we are standing to protect our futures to like we are mitigating damage. So to to avert the worst of the crisis that is yet to come, despite the massive, immense amount of suffering that is happening right now, the loss of human life, the loss of species the loss of traditional sacred land, the exploitation of, of resources, of water, of our air. So I think the framing has, has changed a lot since I was a little kid because it's not some distant fight that is like, we need to stand up for future generations. Like we are the generation that is getting wrecked right now by this crisis. Martinez says he uses music as a vehicle for change. He says hip-hop is a way to share a message to a large audience. What I saw in hip-hop is it was always a reflection of, of the times. It was... Uh, it was authentically like recounting the experience of of marginalized communities in a world that had neglected their representation and their voices. It was also created to, to bring peace to those communities in the Bronx, you know, to Puerto Rican and black folks that were killing each other in the streets. Like it, it was a method of, of unification. And as I dive deeper and I continue my studies around hip hop culture and, and to where that came from, um, yeah, it deepens my knowledge and, and the power it has always carried as a movement. Hip-hop has always had a place in revolution. Hip-hop has always had a place in, in telling revolutionary stories and inspiring the masses to to fight back, you know, not not just violently, but but with our words and with our stories and with um, with the way we communicate and represent who we are. This is my resistance. Artists home of power than these crooked politicians. This is boombox warfare. Gathering a cipher. Music draws the intersections. Make the circles wider. Cool the earth's climate when I'm spitting fire. When I battles with the microphone, I get the youth inspired. Truth is higher. More than a method of communication. And hip-hop culture is our greatest tool for liberation. Feel it in the Martinez says hip-hop has been his favorite tool to spread the message around issues of climate change. What my music has taught me is that is that the most effective way for for youth for for anybody to get involved is is through doing what we love. I'm most passionate about connecting with the world as an artist. I mean, when I started rapping, it was literally literally as as a tool to educate other kids about the environment. It was like a gimmicky thing to get other young people more hype about issues like fracking and to and to tell these stories and communicate this from a different area. Now that I've I've done a good amount of touring and played shows, hundreds of shows in cities all over the world, like you see how the music brings people together. You see how the art influences and changes people's perspectives and understandings of, of the world um, in a different way than than you know giving a TED talk or speaking at the United Nations or sharing a viral video will. Because when you're in a venue, people are there to be inspired and to be touched and to experience, you know experience art a really profound expression of art and when you do that in a way that your artistry is matched with a really powerful story and a message like people connect like that so i mean the last album that i put out was was a reflection on the last several years of my life in the movement 
um, and the story that had been told for me by the media versus the story that I wanted to tell for myself. And it talks about every every important social issue that I've been focusing and thinking about. It talks about you know indigenous sovereignty and taking our land back, and it talks about climate justice and, and my my moments on on the front line. And so it's been a powerful communication tool for those things, and I've seen how it's inspired my peers and the people around me. And as I continue my musical journey, it's just like peeling back the layers and becoming more and more authentic and real with who I am, because I'm not just an activist. I think the, the artistry allows us to dive into the, the layers of our humanity that are often left out of the conversation when we talk about causes or, thin, or you know different things like that. That was climate activist and musician Shatezcott Martinez. He'll drop a new album later this month. I'm Dusty Henry with KEXP. This is a special Clash for Climate episode of Sound and Vision from KEXP. And since we recently celebrated Clash for Climate, this week's listener question was, what is the most meaningful Clash song to you and why? My name is Nathan Dayani. I live in Kansas City. My most meaningful Clash song, though cliche, is Train in Vain. I listened to The Clash first in college, and then after that, I would listen to The Clash when I would drive to work in the morning. I worked as a newspaper reporter uh, when I graduated from college, and the song had a lot of appeal to me at the time because I think the sort of whole deal about loss and kind of struggle and stuff like that meant a lot to me. I'm now about 40 years old, and as I got older, the song kind of changed for me because I have a two-year-old boy who loves to jam out to this song, and he brings out what he calls his Stand By Me plastic ukulele, and there's nothing more that he likes to do than jam out to this song. So the song made uh, appealed to me a lot when I was in my early 20s, Um, and then as I got older, the song meant a lot to me as uh, a father uh, who hopefully is raising his kids right and a little bit queer. Hi, my name's Dimitri Hunter. I live on Vashon Island, and my most meaningful Clash song is Garage Land, the last song on the self-titled. And I'd been uh, dating my wife for a couple of years, and we moved into a house together, and we both had vinyl record collections, and it was the first time we put them all together. And one afternoon I was by myself and I was going through her records for the very first time. And I found out that she had the self-titled Clash album on vinyl. And it was really in that moment when I knew that it was going to be okay. (laughs) And that we were going to have a really awesome life together. Um, And that was seven years ago. And we've been, married for three and i listened to that album for months and garage land is my favorite favorite song on the album
Hello, this is Dion Walter calling from Seattle, Washington, and I wanted to share how I thought the class's London Calling was a very meaningful song to me because of my involvement in climate change activism. So I was, of all things, on YouTube listening to live sets of The Clash on autoplay, and up came a set from 1983. Joe Strummer comes on stage, and the first thing he says is, This here set of music is now dedicated to making sure that those people in the crowd who have children, there is something left here for them later in the centuries. Which I knew The Clash was always very active on political issues around the Middle East and conflict, but not so much on environmental or climate. So I did some research and sure enough, Strummer and his fiance in the late seventies lived along the Thames and saw the actual effects of sea level rise. And London Calling, it turns out, is really a song about that and how London is sinking and is really reaching out to the world as a lifeboat. So he was active on those fronts and I thought that that was really cool. And I've always loved The Clash for everything they've done. London calling through the faraway towns Now war is declared and battle come down London calling to the underworld Come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls London calling, now don't look to us Phony Beatlemania has bitten the dust London calling, see we ain't got no swing Except for the rain of the crunch of things this is Missy, and I collected a favorite Clash memory just this last month. I was chaperoning my daughter and several of her classmates on an exchange program trip, and our first stop was London. And as the plane started to touch down in London, my daughter showed me her phone and was playing London Calling. She handed me an earbud, put her head on my shoulder, and it was one of my favorite parenting moments ever. Thanks to everyone for sharing their answer to this week's listener question. And next week, we will be sharing stories of how music got people through grief of losing a loved one from cancer. If you have a story, you can write us at stories at kexp.org. Those stories might be featured as part of next week's Sound and Vision podcast and also might be featured as part of our special Music Heals Day on KEXP. It's called Music Heals Beyond Cancer. It's happening on Thursday on KEXP, where we share people's stories of grief and loss through cancer and play those songs throughout the day here on the station. Again, that email is stories at kexp.org. All right, now to our final question of the show, why does music matter? We asked Governor Jay Inslee this question. He's written a book on climate change and tackling climate change was his platform when he ran for president last year. Well, I'm not an expert, and but I would say because music allows people to listen to themselves. I think music helps people be in touch with who they are. That's that's what I think music does. Thank you, Governor Jay Inslee. And you can also check out the full conversation and transcript of John Richard's conversation with Governor Jay Inslee on the issue of climate change. That's at KEXP.org. And speaking of KEXP.org, you can also donate to this podcast there. We'd love to see a one-time $20 donation at KEXP.org slash sound. I'd also love to see you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. But above all, Thank you for listening and be sure to check out a special music and cancer episode of Sound and Vision that will drop next week.